world. Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk, No BS. You know, we're here to give it to you real and raw, no bullshit. Hi, I'm Landria, the co-host of Straight Talk, No BS. And I'm your girl, Chris. Uh, Len, who, do we, who are we interviewing today? Today we're interviewing a very dear friend of mine of 20 plus years, Delinda Burgess. Hey, Delinda. Welcome. Welcome. What's up? Thank you for trusting us with your story. We really appreciate it. No problem. You know, this is a safe place where we're all here just to have a, you know, a conversation. I can't imagine that there's so many people out there that, that needs to hear this story, you know, that just, they just need to hear it to be able to be able to get out of the situation that they're in. Right, Lam? Yeah, I agree. Yes, yeah. I agree. I agree. You know, domestic violence. Today we're we're going to be talking about domestic violence, and domestic violence is a topic that most people, male and females, are uncomfortable talking about, especially talking it out, talking about it out loud, um, where they feel vulnerable. So again, Delinda, we thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, so right now, we're going to give you the platform for you to introduce to us, you know, your experience you had with domestic violence, um, how long that it did occur, where it occurred to, and the floor is yours. Okay, well, um, I actually experienced it with um, my first boyfriend. Um, I met him, I was away in college, and I came home on break. And one of me and my friends, we went out to a club and I met him. She, I, I met him actually through her. She knew him. I didn't. So she introduced us and then we started dating and he was like the perfect, perfect boyfriend. Um, at that time, I was still back and forth. I was still in college back and forth. And then um, I had gotten pregnant with our daughter. So I, I dropped out of college and came back and we, you know, we were living together and stuff like that. Um, I would say for the first six months, everything was fine. And then after that, that's when I saw, I started to see the real flags. It first started with him being mentally abusive, um, emotionally abusive. And after that, it led on to physical abuse. Back then, I was very, very young. I, you know, wasn't experienced. Um, and I didn't know. And I tried to hang in there, you know, for my daughter so she could have both parents. Um, but it got to the point where it is, I couldn't no longer be with this person. Um, it, the experience was, it was a disaster, to be honest. Um, he would tell me that I'm dumb, I'm stupid. He would accuse me of things that I hadn't even done. Um, I couldn't look at anyone. If I looked at anyone and he thought I was looking too long or looking at a guy, he would physically abuse me. Um, and at that point I was terrified. He was my first real boyfriend. So I did not, I had never experienced that before. So me being as young as I was, I stayed in the situation. Um, so that's just the gist of that, Landria. Um, I ended up leaving when my daughter was about two. 
um, and that was the best decision that I had ever made. So, but, so go ahead. So when you say that you went back and forth, you know, I know you're from Bermuda. For those who don't know, you currently, at that time, you were living in New York, I believe, in the States? Yes, upstate New York. Okay, so when you was getting back and forth, you was getting back and forth from upstate New York to Bermuda? Yes. Yeah. And okay, and when you say that it was mental and emotional and physical abuse, can you elaborate when you say mental abuse and physical? Well, he would tell me, he would say things to me like, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, and I'm crazy, and I need help. You know, he was a serial cheater. And whenever I would find who he was cheating with or find out that he was cheating, it was all in my head. It was his cousin, you know, and that type of stuff. And I was young then, and, you know, that was my first little boyfriend, so I tried to hang in there to make it work. And when, so, you, yeah. and when you say the physical abuse, what was some of the physical abuse you had experienced? While I was pregnant with my daughter, he um, punched me in my stomach. Um, and when I was, we were on the bus one day, and I was just looking out the window, and he must have thought I was looking at a guy. So when we got, he was fine while we were on the bus, as soon as we got off the bus, and we was off of the main road. I started to walk to my house. He just slapped me out of nowhere. So I'm saying, okay, well, what is wrong with you? And he began to say, oh, I saw you looking at that guy. And I'm like, what guy? I don't know who you're talking about. And that that happened a lot. I couldn't really talk to anyone, even, even people that I knew from my childhood. And they would see me and talk to me and stuff. And he got an attitude and thought that I was sleeping with them. And, you know, all of that. So, you know, it was like every, every week or a couple times a week, he would, you know, slap me or whatever. And, you know, that, that was just a bad. And how many months pregnant were you when this happened? Uh, I must have been about seven months pregnant. Mm. I must have been about seven months pregnant then. I was, I was pretty weak and, um, not only that, I was laying down on the bed and he kicked me off of the bed while I was pregnant. So, you know, it really didn't matter that I was pregnant. Did he you still accused me. Mm -hmm. Huh? Go ahead. Did you, ever, did you ever think about leaving him? I did. I did. I left him a few times. I left, and it was one time in particular when I left. He had um, abused me and hurt my arms, so I had to go to the hospital, and I called my brother, and he told me, if you call your brother and your brother comes up here, I'm kicking you out. And so I didn't call my brother, and he kicked me out, and that's when I went to stay with my brother. And even after that, he was saying he was sorry, and all of that, and I went back. And it didn't get any better, it just got worse. So earlier you said that I believe the first encounter happened when you was, what, at the six month mark of Dagenham? Yeah, about six months. Yeah. I'm so sorry to even hear that. And yeah. you stayed for, I believe you said, two years with him? Yeah. My daughter was, my daughter was like two. And did you ever tell anybody what was going on? I did. And his parents knew. And no one did anything. But what I did, I, I went 
to one of his aunts one day and I was confiding in her and she gave me comfort. And, you know, I felt a little bit better after I spoke to her because I felt like, like at least somebody's acknowledging it and someone believes me. But I couldn't just go to anybody. If I went to anybody, people wouldn't believe me because they thought he was such an outstanding citizen. He was such a nice guy that nobody believed it. And did you ever, I'm sure at some point you and him might have discussed, I know you mentioned you had broken up twice and you mm-hmm. guys got back together. I mean, did you let him know how his actions was making you feel? Yes. Yes. I used to cry mm-hmm. all the time and tell him, you know, why are you doing this? There's no need for it. I'm not cheating on you. But he thought that, you know, I was cheating on him and stuff like that. Do you think it might have been his own insecurities? I think that's what it was. I truly believe that's what it was because he was doing it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can clearly see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would you tell your younger self now? Like now having gone through that experience and now you're a woman, a mother, four children, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you have daughters as well. I mean, what advice mm-hmm. would you tell your daughters? I would tell them to love themselves enough to leave. That's what I would tell them. I would tell them, love themselves enough to leave and they are enough. Because sometimes us as women, we have a low self-esteem and we don't feel like we're worthy. You understand? Mm-hmm. We, we feel like, okay, well, yes, he hit me. But maybe if I wouldn't have said this or I wouldn't have done that, maybe he wouldn't, he wouldn't have reacted that way. And that's a lot of the time that he used to say that those words in particular, Mm -hmm. He used to say to me a lot of the time, oh, well, if you didn't do this, or you need to shut up, and all of that. And so I kind of started to internalize that. Yes, yes. He would tell me that I'm crazy. And I started to internalize that and second-guess myself and say, okay, well, maybe it is me. Maybe I am crazy. Until I realized one day, no, it's not me. He's crazy and he needs help. Yes. Did any of his so, friends know what was going on? Like the abuse? And he was one of his best friends came one day. He him and his best friend was going out. And I was watching TV or something. And he knew I was sitting there watching TV. So his best friend was standing at the doorway waiting for him to finish getting ready or whatever. And when he left, he um he just turned to, he didn't say anything to me, just turned to, t- just shut the TV off. And his friend said to him, he was like, why are you doing that? Put the TV back on. You, you saw her watching it. Why wouldn't you do that? So they did see, they didn't see the actual physical abuse, mm-hmm. but they saw how he treated me. Because he didn't really let anybody of his friends see him abusing me, but his parents knew. Because we were living in the same house as his parents. So his parents knew, but his friends never really saw it. But did his parents have did his parents ever approach him or have a talk with him? Maybe his father? No. No. And even if he did, not to that extent. No. His parents were like, they were scared of him. They didn't want to say the wrong thing to him and throw him blood off and stuff like that. So they really didn't say much like that. But how now, 
I know you both were living with his parents and you had your child. How did how did he treat you know his newborn, his baby? Um, I would say he was okay. He he was he was okay with her. He never he never abused her and never did anything to her. Mm -hmm. You know that was basically um, at that point that was his pride and joy because it was all new and fresh. He didn't have any children. You know it was only until the later years I would see that he would do things to her, but no, not not physically, but mentally and stuff like that. Trying to control her, but just to spite me. Because he knew that the only way that he can hurt me was through her. So that's what he done. So what was the last straw? I knew there had to be a last straw, a breaking point for you to say, okay, this is enough. He actually, to be quite honest, Andrew, he actually, he was cheating on me like right in Santa. So what happened was I was talking to a guy at the bus terminal that I had grown up with. And... He saw, he was in time and saw us talking. And this is in Bermuda. And this is in Bermuda. Okay. Yes. He saw us talking. So um, I got on the bus. I was going home. Later on that evening, he told me, oh, I saw you talking to that guy. I know you're messing with that guy. It's over. It's over. So he actually was the one that actually really broke up with me. But then after that, he still wanted to have contact with me and still wanted to see me and stuff like that. And I was the one that shot that off. So just to back up a bit, when you were in college, is he American? Was he in college with you or is he- No, he's Bermudian. Okay, okay. So when you came back to Bermuda, he came back as well. He was here, he was always here, Landra. Okay, and he went back and forth, and you, but you went back and forwards. Okay. Yes, I was the one that was going back and forwards. Okay, so the physical abuse, the mental abuse, everything was in Bermuda. In was Bermuda, in yes. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. But he got me comfortable enough, but I was comfortable enough, and I was, you know, living with him and stuff like that, and that's when it started. But he was always cheating on me. Always. Do you still see him? Do you ever run into him? I mean, Bermuda's in, he's still I, Yes, I see him from time to time. I don't have anything to say to him. If, if you didn't know that we had a child together, you would think that we don't know each other. So I don't really, I don't really have any, I choose not to have any contact with him because and I remember mm -hmm. everything that I had, that I went through. Have you forgiven him? I have, I have forgiven him, but I would never forget it. And more importantly, have you forgiven yourself? Because I know sometimes yes. as women, we internalize so much and we kind of blame ourselves for what goes on and why we stay, where we question uh -huh. ourselves. So we have to also forgive ourselves because we didn't do right. anything wrong. Yeah, I have, I have. And that, that, that was a path of, of destruction for me because that wasn't the, the first abusive relationship that I have been in. I ran in two more abusive relationships after that. You understand? Yes. So I now I I totally forgive myself. Now I see that it wasn't me. I didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't the fact that oh I wouldn't shut up or 
I, you know, I said this or I done that. No, now I realize that that is just who they are. And no matter what a woman does or says, it's never going to be good enough. And if an abuser is an abuser, unless they get help, Landria, uh -huh. they're going to continue that cycle. Whether it was a, whether it was me or or anyone else, that cycle will continue. So now that I look back on it, I have forgiven myself for it because I know that I was in the course for him to put his hands on me. He could have walked away. It's several different things that he could have done instead of putting his hands on me. And I I say that to say this: not only that relationship, the other two relationships that I was in after that. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. But I had the, my mentality was, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to try to stick it out. I'm going to try to stick it out. And maybe we can get help and stuff like that. But if I'm not willing to do that, I can no longer put myself in the line of fire. All my kids. It has to come to a point. Yes, you can try to support them. But you can only support them to a certain point. At some point, you have to take your hands off and say, okay, listen, do I support the, this man or do I end up in a body bag? And my children have no mother or no father. So you have to make that conscious decision at some point. You get me? I do. I do. Right. So that's the decision that I had to make. After the last abusive relationship that I was in, Andrea, mm -hmm. I had to make that conscious decision so I can show my children what a healthy relationship should look like. Because if I don't, my children, my girls, and maybe the boys too, because there's some women out there that are abusive as well. Yes, yes. If I didn't make that decision, my children, I was afraid that my children would follow in my footsteps. And that's not, I would, that would have crushed me to my core. To see my children go do that because that's what they have seen from me. And I didn't want to be the cause of that. Do you understand? Yeah. So I had to make a song conscious decision to say, this is it. I stuck it out long enough and this person is not going to change. And, and a lot of times, Andrea, Mm -hmm. They tell you that it's you. You're the one that's crazy. You're the one that needs counseling, not them. It's you. Do you understand? To yeah. try to make you seem like you're the one that's causing the problem as to why they're abusing you. But it's not. It's in them. Yes, yes. I agree. And that's what I had to get away from. I said, no more. No more. I'm not tolerating this anymore. If I stay single for the rest of my life and have some peace, I am okay with that. Versus me being a, in an unhealthy relationship and an abusive relationship where my children are going to see that. And then they're going to go into abusive relationships. I put me as a mother, I couldn't stand by and see my children go to that. So I had to put my foot on and say, enough is enough. If he needs to get help, he needs to get help on his own. I cannot help him. I cannot save him. I have to save myself first. Because if I'm no good, 
how can I be any good to my kids? I, and I agree with you 100%, you know, your story touches him for me because you and I have similar experiences. Mm -hmm. And domestic violence happens so often, we just don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So when people see you, they see the outside version of you. Yeah. They have no idea what's going yeah. on inside. They have no they have idea. No idea. No idea. Not closed doors. Doors. I was just about yeah. to say that. They have yeah, no idea about closed doors. Mm -hmm. So when they see you, they look at you and say, wow, they make a beautiful couple. He's lucky. She's lucky. And they have no idea yeah. what's actually happening. Yeah. You know, I, I applaud you for sharing your mm -hmm. story. And mm -hmm. I applaud you for identifying your worth yeah. and change. And I also am curious to know that when you mentioned to him that you wanted to help or let's go to counseling, what was his take on that? Did he ever go? No, no, none of them. None of them did. They all said, oh no, I, you don't, I don't need help. The only one that needs help, if you wouldn't do this or you wouldn't say that, then I wouldn't have to put my hands on you. For the full interview, visit our YouTube channel Straight Talk, no BS. Subscribe, like, and share. Hey guys, Crystal and I are proud to announce our very first book, Straight Girls, No BS, Your Path to Financial Freedom. Everything you need is in this journal. A three-year calendar, death schedule, goal settings, and most importantly, taking control of your credit. It's on Amazon Kindle, and the paperback version is on Amazon.com. Go check it out. Tell us what you think.